it's already been said, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. You don't need to be stupid uh, uh, to be intelligent to see that, that the, the decorations are up, the songs have been singing. It's about Christmas and we're in December now. I don't even mind singing Christmas songs now we're in December. So that's okay. And if you've been following our daily readings from the Bible, which you'll find in, Luke, in our church suite, um, you already had Christmas. Okay, you've already, Jesus has been born, he's, today's reading, he's been baptized, he's 30 years old, and if you manage to get through the genealogy, okay, today, well done, let me uh, give you a commendation for getting through that today, and the reason we're doing the book of Luke and doing it that way is because the reason he came was not for Christmas, and the book of Luke just reveals his life, his birth his life, his ministry, his death, his resurrection, his ascension. Aye, Luke covers the reason for Christmas. He includes the start as the Christmas coming, but we're going through this book in December because it's not about Christmas. Sorry to upset you, but it's not about Christmas. It's about what happens at the end of the story. And you will get there, I'm sure. Having said that, I'm not going to read from the book of Luke today. I'm reading from an Old Testament passage written about 700 years plus before Jesus was born. An incredible prophetic message saying where he would be born. If you know your Bible, you'll know it's in Micah. You know, there's many people, if you've ever been through Alpha, the Alpha course, then you'll have heard Nicky Gumbel saying, some people say that Jesus can... fulfilled an awful lot of prophecies in the Old Testament in his life. And some critics or skeptics would say, yeah, he knew the Old Testament, so he went about to fulfill them. However, it's incredibly difficult to fulfill where you're going to be born. Okay, there's a lot of things you can do, but not many of us have decided where we were born. And Jesus, this is an incredible prophetic word from Micah. I'm going to read the first four, then a little bit of five before making some comments on it. Mobilize, marshal your troops. The enemy is laying siege to Jerusalem. They will strike Israel's leader in the face with a rod. But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, are only a small village among all the people of Judah. Yet a ruler of Israel, whose origins are in the distant past, will come from you on my behalf. The people of Israel will be abandoned to their enemies until the woman in labor gives birth. Then at last, his fellow countrymen will return from exile to their own land. And he will stand to lead his flock with the Lord's strength and the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. Then his people will live there undisturbed, for he will be highly honored around the world, and he will be the source of peace. Verse 1 starts with a problematic picture of Jerusalem under siege, uh, by the Assyrians, and it talks about how the ruler was going to be like, embarrassed, humiliated. There's a reference to Zedekiah, whose two sons were killed in front of, in front of him, and then his eyes were taken out, and he was put into captivity. But it's talking about a time where judgment came. If you know your Bible, no testament. Whenever Israel turned away from God's word and the way God planned them to live, then they were invaded, they came under oppression and siege by a foreign nation. They came under, you know, that's not just a, a, 
an example of Israel, but there's a true story. Whenever we walk away from God, whenever we individually or as a nation turn away from God, we open ourselves up to forces and to enemy and to be uh, things happening to us which are not of God. But when we follow God, we can know that he's in charge and he'll keep us and he'll protect us and keep us safe. But in saying that, this is a bad picture. It's a problem. They're under siege. There's an immediate uh, context, but also there's a larger context in here. In that picture of siege, of deprivation, of starvation, of enemy controlling and overpowering Israel and dominating them in helplessness, verse 2 then appears. And in that desperation, in that desperate picture, God gives a message of hope. He gives a promise of provision, of deliverance of hope. He says, Bethlehem, from you. This looks bad, it is bad, but I want to give you a message of hope, he says, because from Bethlehem, you Bethlehem, there's going to be a ruler in his name. It doesn't say there, but it's a reference to Jesus. And let me say right at the start, this context reveals a message of the Christmas story that no matter how dark it may seem, no matter how difficult life gets, and I'm not minimizing difficulties, I'm not minimizing breakup of relationships, of family, of bereavement, a loss, a diagnosis of serious terminal illness, or financial hardship, or any other issue. I'm not demeaning that, I'm minimizing that in any way, but the Christmas message means in a message of despair and hope, uh, there's a message of hope. There's a message of life. There is always hope. There is always help in Christmas. Jerusalem, you're in a problem now. It looks bad. It looks awful. But I'm not leaving you there. It's dark, but hope is coming. For there, there's hope. Because God doesn't do hopelessness. Even in despair and in difficulties, there's not such a word as hopelessness in God's establishment, and God's economy. God is a God of hope. He's a God of life. And Christ coming to be born in Bethlehem, was an impartation of hope to our world. So no matter how difficult it is, hang on to hope. There was a hope in his word. John said uh, at the beginning of, of his gospel, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We know this thing, veiled in flesh, the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity. And that word has a name, hope. Hope has a name. Emmanuel, Jesus, we sang it earlier. Hope has a name. Emmanuel, God with us. When Jesus stepped into the story, hope came into the story. Hope came into the world. Jerusalem, it's dark, it's difficult, but there is hope. You put your trust in a name called Jesus. And for you today, I want to encourage you with a short message today that it might seem dark. It might seem difficult in your world. There may be things going on which nobody else knows about. But I want to tell you, you might even feel there's hopelessness. But listen, Jerusalem is bad just now, but there's an answer coming. There's hope on the way. It's not going to end that way. There is a deliverance. There's a ruler. There's a, uh, something coming to change if you hang on to the promise of hope. No matter how difficult it might be, I want to tell you, no matter how difficult it is, we have a hope in his word that Romans 8, 28 says that God is causing all things to work together for good because you love him, you're called to his purpose. 
Jeremiah says, there's a God who loves me with an everlasting love. You might feel unloved and rejected, but I want to tell you this morning, you can put hope in a name who loves you with an everlasting love, an unconditional love, a love that will never let you go. You might think I'm struggling and I don't know where my next meal is coming from, but there's a God who Psalm 23 says that he is my shepherd and he will not, I will lack nothing. He will give me everything I need. I shall not want and I can put my hope in his word that he's going to provide, he's going to protect you may be struggling but you can put hope in the fact that God is a refuge and a strength is a very present help in times of trouble you might think I don't know how I'm going to cope but I can put hope in his word that it says my God will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus you might begin through a dark time but Psalm 23 says even though I walk through the darkest veil or the valley of the shadow of death I can put my hope in the fact that he's with me he's with me Christmas is no matter how dark it is, and our world is getting darker and darker, but there is a message of hope, and his name is Jesus. Does the lovers come? But also see here, people of potential. This prophetic word of Micah doesn't just talk about hope, but it shows about an unknown possibility in unusual places. There's massive problems in Jerusalem. Massive problems in the picture of the story. The big city. But then... God's word says, but Bethlehem, you could say, partner, Drongen, Mosbon, Comores, Presley, Comnock. There's a big picture problem with Jerusalem, but the solution, the provision, the answer is going to be birthed in you, Bethlehem. And that unknown bit, Bethlehem, Jesus is going to be born in you. And listen, the broader point for us. The world's full of problems. There's thousands of world crying out in despair. Chaos all around. Hopelessness abounds. But there's an opportunity for us, little bit people, as far as the world's concerned, to provide the answer. Because Bethlehem, you're only a small village. You're just the smallest of the clans of Judah. You're a small village. But you know what? The answer's coming from you. The solution is coming from you. The hope is coming from you. The provision the answer to the world's needs are coming from you. Let me expand. You might feel insignificant. You may feel I've not got much to offer in a world with so many people with so much despair and misery and suffering and division. You may feel I've got nothing to offer. I want to tell you, if you feel like that, you're a great candidate for God to do something incredible. You really are. Bethlehem, see, it's not about you. It's not about your abilities. It's not about your qualifications. It's not about how many people live in you. It's not about how many degrees you have. It's not about how many uh, great people live in your uh, place, Bethlehem. It's not about what you've done in the past. It's not about how great you are. It's about what God's going to birth in you. It's about what's going to come in you. It's about God's going to birth in you. It's not about you. You're just a vessel, but it's not about what you can do or what you can't do. It's all about God birthing something in you which can bring transformation to the world. Does that not give you hope? Bethlehem, Jesus is going to be born in you. He's going to be the answer, delivery. And I want to tell you, God wants to birth something in us which can bring life, health, hope to our world. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope for the world. Christ in you can bring something. You might think I'm insignificant. I'm maybe not convincing you. Listen, there's many examples 
in the Bible, Jeremiah says, oh, I'm just a youth. I, I can't do anything. I, I can't do anything. God says, don't do it. Don't you say you're just a youth. It's not about you. It's about the words I'm going to give you to share. Don't get caught up in what you can't do. Don't be caught up in your limitations. Don't get caught up in how minimal and how less, how least you look in any area of life. Don't look at how people think in you. It's what God is saying about you. Jeremiah is saying, you may be just a young, maybe just young, you maybe feel inexperienced, but you know what? I'm going to put words in your mouth. I'm going to do something in you which will bring life and words to lead and guide a nation. Andrew came to one day, I've only got five little rolls and five fish, five rolls to eat fish here. Jesus, and there's a lot of people here, but I've got little boy, oh, I've got and Jesus said, listen, it's not about how little you've got. It's about how much I can do with the little you've got. It's not about what you, you just give what you've got to me and let me do the great things that you can't do. Listen, David is a great example. Not that David. David in the Bible, he's a good example for some things. It's okay. Uh, but David, thank you, David. Okay. Job interview for, for being king. Uh, and his dad didn't even reckon he was up to it. That's the bottom line. Uh, I'm looking, we've got, uh, we've got, uh, he didn't even bring David to the interview. I don't know. He didn't even give him an interview. He, he, he just, oh, he's out there. It's one of the rest of them. And listen, even Samuel, the prophet, the anointed man of God, the God's representative, he was looking, oh, it must be one of these good guys. It must be these good-looking guys, these big, strong guys. He wasn't even rating David either. And maybe you've been overlooked in church. Maybe a church leader, maybe someone you looked up to overlooked you and, and didn't use you. I didn't think you had anything. Listen, David was there. The anointed man of God had to bit his persuasion needed in his life before he recognized David. But you know what? David was still keeping himself right. Listen, even Goliath, his opponent says, look at this little whippersnapper. You can't even put on armor. Good grief, you are nothing. You're a two-bit nobody, and I'm going to deal with you. But you know what? God brought deliverance for a nation over somebody that his father didn't even recognize, the man of God didn't even recognize, and the opposition didn't even recognize. It was somebody just so under the radar, somebody who was just, well, nobody really knows. He's out there somewhere. He's feeding sheep. He does something, but I don't recognize him as the gift. I don't recognize him as the answer. God, the, the, the pastor didn't recognize him as the answer, so to speak. The opposition, the enemy didn't see he was up to much, but you know what? God says, you're perfect for me. You're perfect for me, and I could do something in you which can bring deliverance, not just for you or your family, but for a whole nation. Abraham thought, oh, I'm too old. God says, no, you're not. I can make a father of many nations out of you because of what I do. And you. even the widow in Second Kings 4 says, I've only got a little bit of oil. We've only got a little bit of oil. And man, I've got to say, hey, that's okay. It's not about how little you've got. It's about how much God can do with the little you've got. Bethlehem, you're, you're nothing. You're nothing. You're nothing, Bethlehem. But do you know what? Because of what I'm doing in you, a two-bit town in the back of beyond that not many people have ever heard of you, because you're opening yourself to receive and let me birth something in you. No. Forever and ever after that, people are going to sing about you every year. I mean, if Jesus hadn't been born in Bethlehem, nobody would ever have heard of it. That's the reality. But now, millions of people sing about this bit place every year. Not because it was a great place. Not because of anything done. 
because of what God births and done in them. I really believe Christmas, God wants to birth stuff in us. Jesus, Christmas is about the birth of Jesus. And we focus on that, we celebrate that. But you know what? I believe God wants to birth something in us which could bring hope and life and energy and justice and deliverance and freedom and mercy and grace and love and victory and healing and salvation and health to the world. I believe God wants to bring something into our lives this Christmas. And I'm sharing this, and I just want to say, I just stress today, I believe God wants to birth something in us, if we will let him, that it can bring hope and light to your world, to the world, to the world around you. If you'll just be open up and say, I'm nothing, I'm, it's not about me. But you know what? It's not about you. It's always about him. You might feel insignificant. But God can do something great through you. But to save you getting big-headed, he says God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. He's chosen the weak things. Today, I believe God wants to birth something within us. This isn't a long message. Micah, there's problems all around. But God's going to birth something in a little place called Bethlehem where he brings salvation and deliverance for our world. I believe in a little place called Presley. God can birth something in our lives which can bring hope and help to Presswick and beyond in Jesus' name. And listen, he's the Prince of Peace. Micah goes on to say, this ruler, this Messiah, this solution will come out of you, Bethlehem. But just be careful because it's him who's going to be highly honored around the world. They may mention you in dispatches, Bethlehem. They may sing about you in the song. But never forget, it's not about you. It's about what God has done and who comes out of you. You know, the band are going to come up. told you it was a short message today. Come on and say worship, and I want to pray that God does something in us. You know, there's a sense in this Christmas story, we are a bit like the Bethlehem. Kathy, Lindsay and I were down in London. Recently we went to a couple of theatre shows and we enjoyed them. And if you've ever been them, you know at the end, everybody who's in it comes out and gets a bit of applause, recognition, acclaim. And it's good, some get more than others, depending whether you like that character or not. But you know, none of them get the acclaim that their main character gets at the end. They all come out bit by bit in pairs, and right at the end, the person who's the main character gets an acclaim which is a way beyond any of the other characters in the story. You know, we're a bit like that. We're the Bethlehem in the story, and it's good to honor and respect and acclaim one another. That's good. It's one of our culture values. But you know, Christmas is like a musical type of thing where Bethlehem's the background, they're the they're not the main actors, but they're the rest. They're the chorus. They're the ones who do the other parts. And it's good that we applaud one another. It's a good we encourage one another. It's good that we honour one another. But you know what? When it came to the end of the show and the main character came out, everybody's on their feet, applauding and applauding and applauding. You know, in the Christmas story, Jesus is always the main character. 
And yes, we honor one another. Yes, we acclaim one another. Yes, we celebrate one another. And that's good that we do that. But listen, never forget that he is the main character. And the applause, the acclaim, the honor we give him has to supersede everything else we do for people. Because the Bible says that he will be highly honored around the world. And he will be the source of peace. It's him that's the source of peace. Christmas is a message of peace. A short message basically saying the world was a mess. But God says, I've not forgotten the world. I've got a plan and a purpose. And I'm going to birth something in Bethlehem, which is going to bring deliverance and hope This Christmas, let's be real, the world's a mess. But I believe God wants to birth something of his life in us. And it's not about us, it's about his life being birthed in us. It's about him being birthed in us and what comes out of us. What came out of Bethlehem is Jesus Christ, the hope for the world. But listen, we've got Christ in us, but I believe God wants to birth something in us. That we can bring peace to this world. Because he's a source of peace. The world is more divided than I've ever known him. But there's a Prince of Peace that we're going to sing about this Christmas. But I believe he wants us to be carriers of... I believe he wants to birth in us a message that we can bring into our street, into our workplace, into our towns, into our village, into our world. If we're willing to say, be born, birth something in me this morning, and I do want us, if you can, to stand. Maybe you're watching today, maybe you're on here today, and you've not got the peace with God that Jesus came to give you because your sin has separated you from God and you don't have that peace that you're right with God. Where you are, you can just say, simply say, Lord, please, I recognize you came to be my Savior. I pray that you'll come and forgive me and cleanse me and make me right with God and give me peace with God. You can do that right where you are and if you've prayed that, please come to a connection point. We want to help you at the end or if you're online, please contact us. We want to help you and give you some information because Jesus came to make it right between you and God and to bring you peace with God. But I believe this morning God wants to birth something as we celebrate Christmas and it's great that we celebrate and honour Jesus coming into our world. But I believe God wants to birth something into us this morning that we can carry and bring to a world which is Jesus. crying out for help and for hope. If you're open for God just to do something, to impart something in you, which is not just for you, but you can carry to our world, just where you are, just, just raise your hands and say, Lord, I'm open. To be a Bethlehem in this yes, in this messy world. Yes, As we look at the big pictures, yes, all we see is trouble and despair and helplessness and fighting and wars and arguments and tensions. But Father God, we want to be like Bethlehem and we want you to birth something in us. Where people don't just look at us and sing and talk about us, but who comes from us. We'll get the praise, the honor and glory. But Father, we pray that right now you're both something of your life, your hope, your peace afresh in us. Yes, Lord.
that we can carry into our world. This week, we're going into desperate situations. We're meeting people in despair. We're meeting people in, and there's so much going on that they're crying out for an answer. Lord, I pray, Lord, that from us can come that life of Jesus Christ. Lord, that can bring that peace and that deliverance and that hope into hopelessness of our world. Father God, just as a group of people, we open ourselves up today and say just in us, put something within us which can come forth, birth something of your of your love, your life, your hope, your help, your deliverance in us, Lord. Lord, that from us this week, Lord, there's people that were in a world of billions of people, we're just insignificant people. But Father God, there's something of Jesus in us which can change your world so that he gets honoured and glorified in a greater measure. Father, we just say, come. Come now and birth something in us which will bring fruit this coming week into our world and beyond. And Lord, be careful not to take any of the glory because it's not about us. It's about Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we honour him this morning. And we'll be careful to give you the glory, you the honour, you the praise. As you begin to unfold. And Lord, I really believe there's people here today and they're going to bring answers in this coming week to people who have been crying out for hope and help. Lord, let us be careful to give you the honour, to give you the praise and to give you the glory. Because it's you who's worthy of it all.